Talking Leafs podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Welcome to the Everything Leaves podcast. I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza as always. Nick, it's been a while since we recorded. How you? I think it was our late October the last time we recorded. How have you been? I've been good. I mean, this is kind of, you know, usually we don't get this level of, of sports at this time. But I mean, when the World Cup is in November and December, um, you know, it makes the, the cold weather a little bit better. So I've been sitting back. You know, I've been watching the the World Cup as much as I can, especially when I get home from work. Um, so it's been great. I mean, it's been a great tournament. And then obviously the Leafs have been winning. So that part has been very, very good. So I know you went on vacation. Like, were you able to, to watch the... I know you get the Marlies games down there in uh, Punta Cana, but I don't know about the World Cup. Yeah, a lot of Marlies fans in Punta Cana, let me tell you. <laughs> it was... Uh, I went to Punta Cana for a week and then basically came home. Uh, immediately got sick, lost my voice for a couple of weeks, so I couldn't really record. And then, uh, yeah, World Cup started, and I just, I knew, like, typically we, we like to record uh, weekends, typically earlier in the day, and, and there's always been a game on, so I haven't even bothered messaging you. I knew you were uh, watching the World Cup, and I was, I've was i been just so busy with, been doing report cards for The Athletic. Josh Cloak was over in Qatar, so been uh, taking on a few more games and I was a little bit leafed out but I think now we'll, we'll have a chance to kind of record a little bit more regularly uh, but really not recording has kind of worked out for us Nick because uh, the Leafs are kind of on a roll here they have points in 14 straight uh, but first and foremost I want to know who you're going for in the World Cup uh, before before we get into the hockey I'm I'm on team Argentina now I'm, I'm Love going it. for Messi is, is that where you're going I am actually if I had to pick one out of the four because I won't lie like I I made a bracket before. I did not have these four teams. I went for the fun uh, England versus Portugal on one side and then Brazil versus Argentina. I think a lot of just I think a lot of soccer fans were were looking for that semifinal because on one side you get obviously the Copa America final of Argentina and Brazil and on the other side I mean England and Portugal have had such history at these types of major tournaments. So I think that was kind of the the goal but Based on who is left, that is a good question. I think that's a great story for all four of them. I mean, you look at Croatia, they're kind of in their golden generation right now. So, you know, having Luka Modric winning a World Cup, I think would be pretty poetic for, you know, what should probably be his last World Cup. Maybe he's got one more in him, knowing him. Morocco, first African country to make it to the four, to the last four um, they've been just so good defensively, even before the World Cup. I know in qualifying, they really didn't allow many goals. So to see them, the crowds that they get at each game have been really, really good. Um, France, I mean, they'd obviously be the runner-up. I'm sorry, the, they'd repeat as there was the last World Cup. They've had so many injuries to this squad, and they still made it to the last four. Um, so they've just been fantastic. And then last is Argentina. I mean, it writes itself. Messi, last World Cup, most likely getting the World Cup. I'm going to go with France, though. You know, I think I love seeing squads that have tremendous depth. I think Kylian Mbappe has been fantastic, as usual. I'll go with them. And Olivier Giroud, being an Arsenal fan, is always has a soft spot in my heart. So he's the one who scored the header yesterday. So uh, I'm going to go with France. But, uh, I mean, so many good picks. You said you're going for Argentina? Yeah, like, I, Morocco would be cool because of the the upset factor, like the underdog factor, but I think seeing Messi win one would be would be at the top of my list. So I guess Morocco's my number two, Argentina's one. I'm gonna be cheering against you if you're going for France, but at least yeah. we're at least we're on the same page in terms of in terms of hockey here. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm happy either way. I just love these types of tournaments. Like yesterday I was watching the England France game and uh, I went to like a, a, a British pub and it was electric in there. Like people were just diehard fans. Obviously, when when Harry Kane skied the penalty, it was you saw a lot of faces that I see every April, including myself uh, during Game Sevens for the Leafs. So definitely some parallels between England and <laughs> England at these major tournaments and the Leafs. 
Yeah, I, I kind of want England to lose because I don't want the Leafs to be the only team. I want someone to <laughs> with us. So I was I was kind of going for France yesterday, to be honest. But uh, I, I guess in terms of hockey here, Nick, I mean, we might have to pivot if the Jays sign someone. I might have to talk about Michael Conforto or Michael Brantley. I'm sure you're you're prepped for that. but Oh, definitely. We do have a lot of Leafs to get to because we haven't recorded since late October. Um, really, ever since we stopped recording, things have been going well. So maybe the problem is us. Uh, but they haven't lost in regulation since November 11th. Uh, it's December 11th today, so they've gone a full calendar month getting at least a point. Uh, pretty remarkable. I think it's 14 straight with a point. And then you look at Marner's point streak, beating the franchise record. Now he just keeps adding to it. Uh, just seems to get a point every day, uh, every game rather. Um, really just Matthews, Marner, T- Nylander, Tavares are all really rolling right now. Uh, we saw some injuries on the back end. Didn't really seem to matter. They just kept picking up wins. But in terms of, I mean, we're 29 games into the season right now. In terms of the number one story for you thus far, whether it be goaltending, whether it be 5-on-5 five five defense, whether it be the point streak for Marner, um, just the, the big four in general, how they're producing, what would you say right now is the number one story for the Leafs through 29 games? Through 29 games, definitely goaltending. I mean, when you look at the offseason, that was the biggest question coming into this season. Um, I always say that unless you have Shesterkin or Vasilevsky or a prime carry price, like that's always going to be a question mark. I mean, goaltending is just so unpredictable. Um, So, you know, we're kind of one, probably a little bit over one quarter of the season in, and the goaltending has been really, really good. Matt Murray's been fantastic when he's been healthy. Same same thing with Ali, Ilya Samsonov. Jeez, I'm messing up the first name now. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got the second name down. I can't even get the first name. Ilya Samsonov. So he's been great too when he's been healthy. And even Eric Schalgren. I mean, we're not expecting like 9.30 or 9.20 goaltending every single night from him. He is the third string goalie for, for, for the Leafs. So... Yeah, I think he's been solid Like when he's been in. Um, that's kind of all you can ask for from him. So I think goaltending definitely is number one because they're second in the league right now in save percentage at 5-on-5, five five, and I don't think any of us would have predicted that coming into the season. So that's my number one story for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're recording this at a bad time because I know Murray had a bit, he kind of struggled last night, but uh, just in general, I mean, Murray hasn't lost in regulation since opening night. Uh, Sam Sonov didn't even have the last regulation loss either. That was Chalgren back on November 11th. So it's been it's been forever since one of these goalies has, has lost in regulation. We, we saw them both get a shutout this week. Uh, Sam Sonov is now 8-2 with a 933 save percentage. And Matt Murray is 6-1-2 with a 932 save percentage. So they're basically neck and neck in save percentage over the 930. Uh, it's been pretty spectacular, especially the Murray start against Dallas. Uh, where you had the five on three, you had Marner break his stick, and it was like a five on two and a half. Um, Murray was just making save after save after save, and I think as you mentioned, Nick, that was really the big mystery heading into this season, where you know the the Leafs didn't really they didn't give up any assets for Samsonov. They just went out and signed him as a free agent for a couple million dollars, and Matt Murray they actually got a third round pick for and some retention. I know you can kind of quibble, maybe the Leafs could have got a little bit more retention. But so far, so good for those goaltenders. And, and that was really the big concern. Um, and I know I tweeted this out a few times, Nick, but last year I think they were about 27th in 5-on-5 save percentage. And the bottom 13 teams in 5-on-5 save percentage didn't make the playoffs. So it was almost as if you could draw a line down the middle and say, okay, bottom 13 didn't make it. And then you would have had you know, the remaining teams, 16 make it. So what, five of the top of, of the rest of the teams didn't make it so it, it was almost a perfect uh correlation between five and five save percentage and who made the playoffs and this year and heading into last night they were first in five on five save percentage so it's been a crazy turnaround I, you know marner matthews nylander tavares they've all been playing very well it's obviously a huge story but i think we expected them to at least play well i don't know if we could have predicted the marner point streak or nylander having five points last night but uh really i think the the, the biggest positive or the biggest question mark is definitely the goaltending and so far so good we'll hope murray rebounds in his next start you know one off night is is not a problem uh peter murazic went 12 and 6 last year somehow and and he was terrible so 
they have some points they've banked, but hopefully, uh, hopefully that continues because that would be a, a major, major storyline if, if that continues. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I think goaltending's obviously been really good. Let's talk a little bit just about this team at at five on five because I think to me that's the second biggest story. Even though I mean, obviously the injuries have been there, um, but this team has been, as they say, a wagon since the beginning of November. 14-1, and I think four overtime losses. Um, kind of two different teams when you, when you talk about before that California trip and, and during that California trip and since then. Um, I was just kind of comparing the two. Um, and since the break, you know, you, you kind of with this Leafs team know what has been working and what has not been kind of winning them games, these games during this trip. So during this trip, since the trip, sorry, so since they got back from California, they've been a top three team in terms of expected goals against per 60. So pretty much, you know, not allowing the other team to have scoring chances, shots, etc. They've been top five in shooting percentage and about middle of the pack in terms of expected goals for and shots per 60. So they're getting, they're not shooting as much as last year, but their team defense has been really, really, really good. Um, since that California trip. So especially at five on five, the penalty kill has been okay. So, which is crazy considering they've lost, you know, Riley for most of that. They've lost Brody for lost for most of that. Ben has been injured. Uh, obviously Jake Muzzin is out. So like, what have you, what have you thought about this team defense, this five on five defense, despite all the injuries, Kevin? Well, you forgot Carl Dahlstrom, your boy. Oh, that? that's huge. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a big that one. is big. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think the five. I think it, like I'm. I'm more impressed with their defense than with their offense. Um, early on in the season, they really did have a five on five scoring problem, and it really came down to Austin Matthews. Um, I remember a stat where he has the most five on five goals since the 2015-2016 season, and he didn't play that year because he hadn't been drafted <laughs> yet. So like he is not just the best five on five goal scorer in hockey, but the gap he has is just ridiculous. Like, I, I believe I calculated it uh, heading into the year, and he could go a, a season and a half without scoring a 5-on-5 five five goal and still be the leader in 5-on-5 five five goals per minute. That's so, ridiculous. So just, he was, f- like, just far and wide better. And then we went forever where he only had, first he only had one. I think it was that, that deflection off Giordano. And then I think he had two more, but not, neither of them were on a wrist shot. And then I know last night's was a power play, but I believe he had gone four of five with a five on five goal. So he's really turned it around. Uh, they've broken up the lines. I know Tavares is now with Marner. Matthews is now with Nylander for the most part. It seems to be working. Nylander's playing really well. Marner's obviously got this crazy point streak. Um, so, so far, the offense as of late has been better. I don't know if I really love the bottom six offensively, but the defense, as you mentioned, Nick, it's just four lines you trust. Uh, I, I do think that there was a stretch there when they were playing Hollowell and Mete where I thought the defense was a little bit weak. Uh, I did think Giordano, Hall really have stepped up and played incredibly well against top competition. Sandine Lilligren have been playing tremendously well over this stretch as well. Um, I think adding Brody is really going to you know make that defense deep again. But re- Giordano talked about it, I believe, before last game. And Forwards do a really good job of, of coming back defensively. It is something that I pointed out heading into the year where, you know, you look at a guy like David Camp, you look at a guy like, you know, even like a guy like Kelly Yarncroke was good defensively who they added. Um, taking guys like, uh, you know, more offensively inclined guys, Spezza, uh, Blackwell, Simmons, uh, guys that aren't maybe amazing defensively. And, you know, you look at their, their forward depth, Angval's pretty strong defensively, even though a lot of people don't like him. Kerfoot, you know, he's got a lot of flaws, but he's solid defensively. Um, Holmberg, they've added, who looks really good defensively. Uh, Aston Reese is a guy that's ne- basically never on for a 5-on-5 five five goal. So I do think that that's really been noticeable. It takes pressure off the defense, especially when there has been injuries, and they do need the help. Uh, obviously, Marner and Matthews are, are, you know, they're not just empty calories players. They're very strong defensively. I've noticed Nylander a lot defensively. He's barely been on for a 5-on-5 five five goal. So I do think that is a story. I do have, I guess, some concerns about the 5-on-5 five five scoring, especially the depth scoring. But uh, really the, the, the defense in general, I mean, heading into last night's game, they were they had the lowest goals against per minute at 5-on-5. Five five. I think they're second now to Boston 
Mm-hmm. Um, pretty pretty impressive, uh, and, and something that's a nice change from last year. Where I thought the defense was good last year, but maybe the goaltending hadn't been there. I don't think we've seen a season where both the defense and the goaltending have been there at once. No, and I would say we haven't even seen big stretches where both the defense and the the save percentage is in the top five at five on five. So, yeah, this has definitely been a little bit different because usually we see this team generate a ton of chances. Like they're for the last five years been in the top five at that. So it's definitely a little different. I do think, in a way, a lot of these injuries has maybe hurt a little bit the five on five offense at five sorry at five on five yeah just with losing yarn crow um with losing riley obviously offensively that's that's hurt them um so i'm what i'm hoping is when it comes to the offense and of course they're still winning games like the power play is doing really really well um this is just kind of what's i guess not been there in comparison to last year is is that five on five offense so i'm hoping that once they become more healthy once you know um and that bottom six because that's really what's hurt with all these different injuries is that bottom six um that's when the five on five offense will start to rise a little bit because right now it's it's really the big four and and bunting actually bunting hasn't been that good but the big four that's really been carrying them offensively um i think it was jonas siegel had a tweet last night it was like over 60 percent of their goals during this this run has been uh, from the big four um, I don't think that's a negative per se. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a good team in the NHL, you need their top guys to be scoring. Uh, that per- percentage is a bit high, but, you know, we're talking about this is November, December right now. These are, you know, that's okay in a small in a small sample. Uh, we have multiple years of this Leafs team being a top five offensive team. So I don't think there's, you know, too big of concern and there's always the trade deadline. So um, which we'll get into a little bit later. So, I mean, at the end of the day, this team is finding ways to win, whether that's whether that's through their goaltending, whether that's through their 5-on-5 five five defense. Last night, the goaltending wasn't really there against a, a pretty good defensive team in Calgary, and they were still able to score five goals. So, I mean, right now, banking points is so important, and I think they're only one point away from Boston. Is that with a few games in hand, obviously? Boston yeah, I think it's one game hand. back. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the the concern for me is, you know, in terms of expected goals, they're eighth this year, so they're about 52.5%. Uh, last year, I think they were top five, and they've kind of been mm-hmm. top five the last couple of years. They are climbing back up after a slow start. Um, so there is reasons for optimism there. I do think getting Morgan Riley back will help, especially offensively. Um, you know, when we do critique the 5-on-5 five five offense, uh, you do have to keep in mind that, you know, for all the criticism of, of Riley, he is very good at driving play offensively. Um, it has been... You know, interesting to see them kind of win games in different ways with Riley Brody out. You know, they got to, they were a little bit more of a lower event team, um, just playing just great defense. Uh, I do think that the bottom six offense is, it's not the worst problem to have because of the trade deadline, because that is typically something you can address for, for pretty cheap. Um, yeah. Like even a guy like Colin Blackwell last year wasn't overly expensive, I don't think, to throw into that Giordano trade. And you know, he brought, provided a little bit of scoring punch. Um, you could see, you know, obviously we feel bad for Nick Robertson, but when he comes back, maybe he uh, is, is able to take a bottom six role come playoff time and, 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 you know, add some offense. Maybe Matt Nyes comes in and adds some offense there. Maybe a guy like, you know, an Alex Steves or even Durgachensev, you know, maybe they kind of break out in the NHL. Who knows? Uh, but I do think that that's a little bit easy to... It should be rather easy to, to find someone. Um, and, and But you do kind of have concerns. Like, Camp is very defensively focused. Holmberg's very defensively focused. Aston Reeves kind of brings nothing up to the table offensively. Uh, I have, like, Melgan, but it, sometimes it seems like he's the only guy in the bottom six that can produce offense. I think Kerfoot and Engvall have kind of taken a step back at the offensive end this year. Um, but, but we'll see. I mean, you're going to have to find the right combination um, we'll see how Yarncroke does in the top six when he returns. I'm guessing he's going to get a, a long look there. And then we'll see if we can find the right combination. But I think since Holmberg's gotten there, the, I mean, early on in the year, Nick, I, I found that whatever the fourth line was, was just kind of like a, a pile of, you know, who didn't fit elsewhere. Yeah. Didn't really have a purpose. And now with Holmberg there, it's almost like they, they've been driving play a little bit better with their fourth line. I don't think Holmberg's the best offensively, but 
he has been able to kind of do okay in his minutes because the Leafs are getting caved in there uh, early on. So I think that's been a very positive under the radar development has been Pontus Holmberg looks like an NHL player. Definitely. I, I think with Holmberg, I don't know if he's a great like puck carrier, especially through the neutral zone in traffic. Um, so I don't, I just think his good decisions has, has been what's kind of been driven there, driving their, their line there. Good decisions being smart positionally, uh, making the right pass. I, I think those things add up. It's, it's kind of the little things with him. Um, with Holmberg, he's interesting because if you put him in a spot to shoot, like he's got a pretty good shot. And I know you and I have watched him at the World Juniors um, and just at the Olympics and I guess in the small sample with the Marlies where he was really good. So I like Holmberg. I mean, I think he's been one of the more underrated prospects in the in the prospect pool in the last couple of years. So I agree. You know, I think we'll see what happens when they um, when they become a little bit more healthy. I do think Holmberg has definitely kind of surprised a lot of people and he, he continuously gets praise from Sheldon Keith, which is always a good thing. Um, one thing I did want to talk about was just the defense now. I mean, we talked about Riley and one thing that's been really interesting is how good the top four has been in that Giordano Hall, Sandy Milligren. And one thing I found interesting is that when TJ Brody came in, that Sheldon Keith pretty much didn't touch that top four and he's now put uh, Brody on the left side with Connor Timmins and one thing I thought about was okay that's interesting I wonder if that's kind of just for show and he's gonna still give TJ Brody some of the tougher minutes and you know he actually really has it Kevin and you know I look at last night and I look at TJ Brody his most played against opposition at five on five is Michael Backlund in terms of forwards Michael Backlund Dylan Dubé and Adam I'm gonna Rajishka Rajishka that's a cool name so at the bottom is Hubert, Huberto, Lindholm, Coleman, uh, Mangiapani was only four minutes. So, I mean, he hasn't really changed the usage of that top four. You know, Sandy Lilligren and, of course, Giordano Hall still getting some of the tougher minutes. Do you see that changing when Morgan Riley comes back? Or, like, how, how would you do it when Riley comes back? Because this is kind of the best possible problem you can have where, you know, your two top defensemen in Brody and Riley go out and... You know, next man up mentality, they do really, really good. Uh, well, I think right now, like, Giordano Hall have been outstanding. Like, that's yeah. working right now. Um, I, I do think I wouldn't mind seeing Brody Hall for a bit just because I want to have, you know, a bit of a sample before the deadline of in terms of what works, what doesn't work. But right now, sure, keep Giordano Hall together. Um, you know, I've, I've tweeted, I've had plenty of tweets about Giordano. Uh, I, he actually didn't play very well last night against Calgary, against his, his old team. But prior to that, prior to last game, I think he had still been on for seven goals at 5-on-5 five five all season. Obviously, I mean, he was over 20 minutes, like night after night after night since Riley's been down. Um, playing top penalty kill, playing against top competition, does not look 39. Um, and, and just the value he brings, given that he's he's making 800000 is is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, Justin Hall as well, I know... Uh, everyone was kind of clamoring to trade him. Uh, I thought he was going to get traded this offseason. He did not. Um, and that was really, that's looking like a really strong decision from Kyle Dubas where, you know, I thought he'd have to get traded for cap purposes, but it's kind of worked out that the Leafs have never been fully healthy this year. Um, Muzzin got hurt pretty early. Um, and that kind of, I think he was just four games in, Muzzin got hurt. So uh, they were able to just not trade anyone and it kind of worked out. And it's nice to have that depth right now, especially given the amount of injuries to the to the defense. And, and Hall's been fantastic as of late. I know Sheldon Keefe's mentioned him. Uh, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna praise Giordano, you kind of got to mention Hall too because they've been a duo up against top competition every night, playing huge minutes with Riley Brody out, and and they've been a bit of a, a revelation. But in terms of what I would do, I think you just go Riley Brody, right? Like take Timmins out. Timmins has actually been fine the last couple games. I've I've, I've haven't minded him. I mean, it's a little bit too early to really, you know, have a strong opinion of him yet. But uh, I think you go Riley Brody. They're going to play more minutes than Sandine Lilligren. Um, like, you're going to want to play Morgan Riley a lot of minutes. But, you know, that probably makes Sandine Lilligren your third pairing. They've been doing well, but, I mean, they do even better in, in, third, in easier minutes. So that's my guess. Um, but, again, I do want to see Brody Hall as a shutdown pairing as well. 
Um, I just want to see, you know, try different things out, see what works, and, and just see if you're comfortable with your shutdown pair heading into the playoffs, basically, and how many different options you're comfortable with. Because injuries do happen, and you don't want to be in a situation where, you know, if, if, if Giordano gets hurt or Hall gets hurt, that you're scrambling. So I do think they'll mix it up, but for now, yeah. Riley Brody, Giordano Hall, Sandy Milligren. It's a good problem to have. You know, I, I think they're still in experimentation mode, especially as we get closer to the deadline. Um, but, I mean, even Jordy Ben, like when he was in, he looked pretty good. Um, his numbers with Riley were really good. I like the toughness he brings. I think he's actually he's actually more mobile than I than I than I kind of knew. Like I can't act like I was a Jordy Ben expert before this year. Uh, just games here and then whenever the the Leafs were playing him. But yeah, he's a little bit more mobile than I expected. So he kind of reminds me a little bit of Bogosian. His profile before this season was a little bit like Bogosian's. I tweeted about that in the summer, where you know he was just on some bad teams had some rough numbers but I think it's I think it's you that says that sometimes when you have these players these types of players that are a little bit more defensive and they come to good teams that you know alongside a a team that you know a four-man unit that can really push the puck up the ice and you know the numbers start to look better and I think that could be the case with Jordy Ben so he's been fine I think Victor Mete in his in his minutes has looked pretty solid um you know the the Mete Hollowell I don't know about I haven't minded Mete when he hasn't been with Hollowell. I think that was a okay third pairing, but I mean they just got hemmed in every single night. Um, but it was at the point where you know that that's kind of really what they had, and Hollowell was playing his first minutes. They were a smaller unit in general, so they were really getting crushed on the forecheck, uh, especially when they were they they needed to be in battle. So yeah, Brody coming back was definitely big. The Connor Timmins trade I think was well timed. Um, how do you feel about that trade in general, Kevin? Like, do you, are you missing Kurt Doug? Uh, I I think they basically like. Uh, so the Coyotes have a bunch of defensemen. Oddly, I guess because they've taken on a lot of contracts. Like they've taken on Shane Gostaspear. They took on uh, Patrick Nemeth, and then obviously Chickens back. They went out and signed like Stetcher and Brown and uh, Timmins had had not really been in the lineup because of of injuries and then they had too many defensemen Timmons on a one-way deal and I think the Leafs are just like hey like if you're gonna put him on waivers we'll give you something for him um I don't think Curtis Douglas is really an NHL prospect like I think if uh if you needed a con- they have, the Leafs are at 50 contracts and if they needed a contract spot like say they wanted to sign an NCAA free agent and they just were going to give someone away I think Douglas would have been one of the play one of the first players they kind of thought about um you know he does have his upsides like he's, he's a big guy uh, but the skating's just not there and like he had like one point in, on the marley's when they when they moved him so i get the mason marchment things because everyone's paranoid now but uh <laughs> they really weren't comparable at all mason marchment was much better on the marley's uh, much closer to nhl ready when they traded him uh, i didn't think marchment was going to turn into a top six forward i thought he'd be like a fourth liner at the nhl like a solid um uh, you know almost like what nick felino is now um, but, but I didn't see that one coming, but I'd be pretty shocked if, if Douglas turned in anything, but we'll see. Uh, Timmins is, I don't, I, I really don't know what to, to think of him. Like he's, I don't really love his skating, but he's made some smart plays. Uh, mm-hmm. he's had some decent neutral zone defense. He kind of moves the puck fairly well. Um, he looks like a, really a good seventh defenseman. I think I prefer him to Jordy Ben. I haven't minded Jordy Ben. Like he's kind of been up and down. Um, I, I've actually like put out. I, like so i i obviously do the some report cards for the athletic and then we have uh, three other writers that do it as well and i started just putting the grades down like so i could see the grades by game um and ben was kind of hit and miss like he had the a minus he had a third star which is pretty surprising to start he had a d b plus c so it's kind of been up and down um obviously a defensive defenseman getting a third star is, is pretty uh remarkable but the one guy that really stands out to to me, Nick, as of late, has been Sandine. Uh, just looking at his grades, like, I think this is... So I don't have the last two games in here. One was, like, all A's. I did the report cards. It was, like, their best game of the season against Los Angeles, or one of them. But second star, A, A, A-, minus, A-, minus, B, B+. Plus. Like, he's been really stepping up as of late. I think Lilligren looks like a top-four defenseman. Like, 
Lilligren just screams top four defenseman to me. I think Sandine still has some questions in terms of foot speed and matching up against some of the faster players um, in, in opposing top sixes. But Lilligren's just, he's kind of really well-rounded where he moves the puck well, well enough that he can play with a defensive defenseman. And then he's also pretty steady defensively to the point where he can play with offensive defensemen. It's been working with Sandine and his neutral zone defense is really impressive to me. It's really hard to get in the line against him. And then he's also a little bit stronger this year. Like I noticed him in 50-50 battles winning it. He's good on stretch passes. It seems like he could penalty kill. He could play on the power play if you needed him to. Like he just does a little bit of everything. And I'm really a big fan of Lilligren. I know last night he was on for a couple goals against, but I think they were up 16-4 in his minutes prior to last night. 16-4 is pretty ridiculous. Uh, I know there's probably some luck involved there, but uh, you look at like his expected goals numbers last year, and they were through the roof. Um, I think he was only behind McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick. And uh, I, I think the league's got something there. Yeah, and Sandine wasn't that far behind in terms of expected goals last year either. I mean, the minutes were a little bit easier than, than Lilligren, but I agree. I mean, every time Sandine and Lilligren are in that top four i think they do do a decent job so i gotta say though kevin like writing those report cards has got to be really difficult because especially for like the guys like connor timmins and jordy ben and because like i know for myself you know like the stats definitely help um and like if, if i'm writing or talking about a guy like connor timmins i gotta at least watch his shifts once more because you know focusing on five guys at once six including the goalie in real time watching the games like i don't know how you guys get out those report cards so quickly that's got to be a little difficult so but you're doing a good job with that so i, I was had actually to mention. it's hard for me to watch it like because I, I think i did four or five um so i've been doing a lot lately and then like there's the odd game i haven't been doing it like i didn't do the tampa game and i'm like watching the game and i'm like should i be taking notes like you're like i, I feel <laughs> like i should be working um so that's been uh that's been the struggle for me is like watching a least game and being like, you don't have to take notes. Just, just I, I have no idea. Like it, it's almost like like that that's why I always find it funny when, when people have like huge opinions about games like right after. It, it's almost like going to like a three hour lecture in, in, in school and then just getting handed a test right after, like without going home and like studying the notes and like redoing the notes, like watching a hockey game with all the chaos and all the events, the little events that are happening, I mean or, you know, they call it the eye test. It should really be called a memory test because, I mean, Neilander can have five zone entries, but, you know, if, if, if he has one giveaway in five of those, like, you're going to forget the five zone entries. Or if Matthew scores at the end, you're going to forget all about those zone entries. So lots of happening during the game. So those report cards are, uh, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> yeah, with 19, evaluating 19 players, like, someone's going to, you're not going to agree with every single grade of the 19 but hopefully they're close and then if you don't agree it's like should have been a b plus rather than a b kind of thing if i i hope i'm not giving out c's when people think i should be given the first star so that's that's my goal is to get close um, just not, just yeah just someone's know not that, gonna agree with the grades but that's okay just know that i'm reading everyone and thinking like a plus like what that's an a minus <laughs> just give giordano a plus every game you should be fine yeah, Giordano's been doing. Uh, <laughs> Giordano's been getting getting some good grades. I can tell you that. I don't know what he got last night. I wouldn't have given a good one last night, but um, other than that, like that was it's kind of a weird game last night because I didn't like Murray, I didn't like Giordano, and I actually didn't really like Marner. I know he ended it, but bef- before that, he he kind of was iffy defensively. Um, it was a weird game last. It's kind of like the opposite of the whole season, right? Like for the. Almost every game, you're like, Murray's been great, Marner's been great, Giordano's been great. Um, so it was kind of nice to see a, a little bit of a different storyline uh, last night where we get maybe some more high-event scoring hockey um, that we haven't seen this year. So It was know. a weird game. Yeah, it was a weird game last night with all the penalties and stuff like that. Like I, I find that, that those types of games really throw off the 5-on-5 five five numbers just because the, the line combinations are a little bit off. Uh, obviously, Malgin left the game for a little bit, so... And just some low percentage goals went in last night, so a bit of a wonky game. Yeah, the Leafs got a bit lucky. I thought Dan Vladar uh, played... He, Vladar was my number one goalie target this offseason. I was tweeting about him like crazy because I, I was watching him on Calgary. I was like, this guy's pretty good. He's on the team-friendly contract. Um, but it's been weird with goaltenders this year, Nick, where I, I tweeted out this week, 
If you look at the top 10 cap hits in the league for goaltenders, seven of the 10 are under 900 save percentage, which is crazy. Like Bobrovsky, off the top of my head, Bobrovsky, Grubauer, those are terrible contracts. Uh, Markstrom struggling this year. Um, who else is there? Uh, Jonathan Quick, I believe, is one. Uh, I should have I should have had the list up in front of me, but I know I mean, so really the yeah. big three are Hellebuck, Shosturkin, and Vasilevsky. Those are the only three that are are really up to their their paycheck. That's excluding Carey Price as well, who was an albatross before he uh, kind of ended stopped playing. Um, so yeah, and then you add in guys like Cal Peterson, who's making five million going to the minors. You add in Jack Campbell, who's making five by five. Um, you add in Robin Leonard, who's out injured um you know people harp on dubis for the Mirazik signing and, and, and trade but like the nice part about signing a guy under four million is that it's a little bit easier to get out of it especially if it's three years um whereas if you're going big on goaltending if you're going to to six seven eight years of term or even the five years of term like seattle can't get out of grubauer uh these these the, you're kind of stuck if your goaltender is uh is not playing well. And it looks like half the league has a bad goalie contract. Like I would say about 50% of the team has, has a, just a terrible goalie contract. So if you're one of the teams right now that doesn't have a bad goalie contract, like the Leafs, uh, it's a big competitive advantage. Like you look at Tampa Bay, they don't have one. They're doing really well. You look at Colorado, they don't have one. They're just injured right now, but they're really good. Boston doesn't have one right now. They're really good. Um, New Jersey, well, New Jersey has, I don't know, Blackwood's not playing that well, and, and Bernie is hurt. But soon enough, they won't have a bad goalie contract. So I, I think that's really a big focus area. Um, if I was a general manager right now, is you know don't be very very careful if you're going to commit term to goaltenders because we don't. I don't think save percentage is the best stat. Like Vladar yesterday got killed by save percentage, played perfectly fine, um, especially if it's a smaller sample and. After seeing guys like Murray and, and Samsonov do well this year, like it, it just tells you how unpredictable this, this position is and, and how you really need to scout rather than just looking at save percentage. Yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to... I mean, when, when we talk about public data, I mean, I guess maybe high danger save percentage is a little bit more predictable, but even that, I mean, it's... it's They, they say it's voodoo, so I think it's closer to that than anything. Um few things i want to talk about before we get out of here kevin um i know we're going to talk about the marlies a little bit later just because obviously with the injuries like we're, we're kind of getting into more marlies more than ever in the past um and they've been playing really well so they deserve a, a few minutes but i mean we, we've kind of talked about what the team looks like right now the goaltending is really good the team defense is really good the special teams has been pretty good uh five on five offense still going there so i mean it's december 11th I think the Leafs, they're now second place. They're kind of knocking on the door on first. Um, it looks like they're going to make the playoffs again. It looks like they're going to be in that top three, you know, knock on wood in the division. So we can kind of start, you know, in, in a very early looking at that trade deadline. And one question I see come up quite often on Twitter is, you know, whether it's going to be a defenseman, whether it be it's forward. It feels like we talk about this every single year, Kevin. So let's i don't know if you have a short list just yet i'm sure knowing you that you do um but forward or defense kevin like what you know december 11th very early right now what would you say that this team needs uh okay so i'm gonna start with defense for me they don't really need depth like it, to me it's almost chikrin or bust i think chikrin's a really good player on a really good contract 4.6 for three years I think that's really going to benefit you down the road when the cap rises and you have him a top four defenseman at 4.6. Uh, obviously, the price could get out of control. I know you know the rumored ask is like two first-round picks plus. Um, not necessarily future first-round picks, but you know, what's it going to like? We have no idea what this asking price is going to be. If it's a first and nice, obviously I'm not in. But I'd at least kick the tires on Chikorin because I think that contract and the caliber of player he is, is is worth is worth looking into. I don't really see them needing like a Gavrikov type, um, just because like you look at Gavrikov and it's like who's he replacing? I think Chikrin's good enough that if you had to scratch one of their current defensemen, 
you know, you'd have a bit of an upgrade, regardless of who it was. Um, versus Gavrikov, I'm just not sure that you're going to get a huge upgrade there that's worth the, the price. Um, I'd definitely be interested in, like, a Kulikov type if it's really cheap, like, you know, a fourth or something, or, like, a random prospect I don't think is going to be very good, uh, just as depth. But I almost wouldn't want them to play because I'm pretty happy with the Leafs' defense right now. So I do agree with, with I think... I think the, I don't know if it's a consensus, but I do see a lot of people looking for a forward. Obviously, you look at uh, the team and how they've done in recent playoffs. They've had problems scoring. Like you look at the bottom six right now, and, and they kind of have some problems scoring. So you could you could use a forward there, whether you get a top six forward and, and bump someone down, or whether you get someone that's going to really drive play on his own in the bottom in the bottom six. So forward is is my preference. I think Chickren's good enough that I'm still considering it, but but. Definitely, other than that, unless you're getting a really good deal on, on Chikrin, forward for sure. Yeah, I think right now, um, I'm really hoping that something similar to last year doesn't happen where the Leafs have some injuries um, and they're kind of kind of forced to, to make that Giordano trade where they, they need to get some more forwards. I mean, another defenseman. Um, but I mean, that one really worked out in the end just from what the, the contract Giordano signed as well as how he's played so that one really worked out but i'm hoping that there's no big injuries you know later in the year that kind of forces their hand but i would definitely say forward um you look at this team over the past couple years in the playoffs five on five offense has always been the issue especially in games four five six and seven so i think this year is the year you have that defensive depth when healthy you have you know a top four that's going to do well um, Sandy and Lilligren are, are continuing to make that step up. So I think this is the year where you, you can kind of go for that forward. Um, bit of a weird year in terms of, like I've just been kind of looking at different options. Um, it's a bit hard right now because obviously there's not many teams that are going to say, yeah, you know what, we're actually not going to make the playoffs and we're just going to continue to tank. Like I know Vancouver, a team that's a little bit hot right now, riding a shooting percentage bender is still thinks they're going to make the playoffs so do, do you have any players that you're you're looking for in terms of forward i've got like two or three that are potential fits but again very early uh yeah so my my preference is always for term i can get a good player with term um so the one guy i'm looking at is connor garland i've been you know i've wrote about him before He's not having the best year, so I'm trying to reevaluate because he only has 12 points in 26 games. I don't know if this is just like the perfect buy low opportunity because he's not getting a ton of minutes. You know, the Canucks do have a lot of depth on forward right now, like with Kuzmenko, especially on the wing, after adding Kuzmenko and Mikhaev. Uh, so Garland's often not playing with the best line mates. But if you look at his numbers over the years, like his 5 and 5 production was very similar to Nylander. He makes under 5 million. And. Even if you just look at goal differential, like his goal di- differential is outstanding, and he's played on uh, Vancouver. Vancouver and Arizona. So I don't know on him yet. He's someone I'm going to keep watching. He's un- Obviously, he's a bit smaller. It's not ideal. He's, he's He plays both wings, but primarily on the right wing, so that's not ideal. But, I mean, the, the cap hit's not ideal either, but maybe you get creative. I don't know. Um, he's someone I'm looking at in terms of term. Uh, in terms of rentals, I'm not the biggest Patrick Kane fan. Like obviously he is the off the ice. I'm not a big fan of him, but in terms of just on the ice, like he plays zero defense. Um, I've watched a few Chicago games and I've just watched him. Maybe that effort steps up in the playoffs when he's on a better team, but that guy is like, like me defensively. Like he, it's like the, the team's killing penalties when he's on the ice. Like he does, it's like his controller died. And then once they get the puck, his controller's back on. Um, it's a little bit ridiculous. I think he hurts his team quite a bit defensively. And that takes away a lot of the offense, not all of it, but quite a lot of it. Um, the, the one guy that really stands out to me is Adam Henrique on, on Anaheim. He's a player who's played a lot of wing this year with Trevor Zegras because uh, they want to get Zegras more minutes, but he's a perfectly capable center. Uh, he's someone who's like, a, I would say like a 40-point center. Um, he, I, I just like the flexibility he provides. I think his cap hit, I think it's close to $6 million. You would need retention, for sure. Um, 
But the Leafs are in a spot where they could pay for that, and the Ducks are in a spot where they have tons of tons of cap room, and they've had a willingness to do that. I just like his flexibility. Like he could be your third line center, and kind of give you a guy that you haven't had since Kadri. Obviously, not quite as good as Kadri, but you know, Camp is an ideal world your fourth line center. I think um, Henrique would be like a really strong offensive, well, really two way third line center. He could also be a really good winger, two way winger to play with Tavares. So I, I just like the fit there. Um, obviously, no idea what the price will be after after the retention, but I don't know. Those are some of the guys on my list. The other would be Nino Niederreiter, but I don't think they're out of it yet, Nashville. Yeah, I noticed Adam Henrique. I, I think I want to shoot a little bit higher, me personally. Um, I, I You know, at this point, the, the pool isn't that great, I got to say. I, I don't think the... I think there's some players that are, are quite good. Um, I just don't know right now whether the teams would let him go. Like keeping on to Anaheim, I think Troy Terry, one point four five mil. He's an RFA at the end of the year. No, you're not um, getting. Troy I don't Terry. think they're they're getting him though. Yeah, I don't think they're getting them him. I don't think they're gonna trade for him either. Um, some UFAs, Joe, uh, Joe Pavelski on Dallas, obviously on the older end. Yeah, uh, there is a UFA at the end of the year. They're not. They're first they're right not. now. I don't know if they're going. I don't know if they're staying there though. Uh, yeah, they're not sure. He's not going anywhere. I don't know. I don't know about that one. But the wait, where's the other one there? So I just don't think it's that great right now. Like I think as it goes later, it's gonna get better. Um, I saw a few about Timo Meyer at the end of the on Twitter. I don't think that one's either because that's an RFA at the end of the year. Yeah, He's at six months. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen either. Um, how about Evgeny Dadanov? He's actually a UFA at the end of the year. Five mil right now. Montreal obviously going to be tanking. I think he's probably up there in terms of my targets for UFA. Um, don't love him defensively, but I think he's got a modified no-trade clause as well. So I think for me, like I want someone that's going to add offense. I want yeah, Henrique's better to... than Dadanov, though, by far, I think. Like twice, I don't think by far, I but think, I think, I think that, it's I think it's like a wide gap. The Donov just gets like team to team, you know. Like I I kind of had it, I kind of want him in the off season, but if he's really cheap, I take him. But I'm not giving up like a second or something. No, I don't think I'd give up a second either. But I don't think you're giving up a second for Adam Henrique either. Oh yeah, you Adam Henrique is like a forty point center, forty five point center. Like you're you're paying for that. I kind of want someone that's. You gotta watch Adam Henrique. Like, Adam Henrique is a good player. I don't know. I, I, I want someone a little better than that. But I think the we'll see when it gets closer to it. Like if you're getting retention on that too, I don't know. It's I think Henrique. Maybe is I like, got maybe I gotta watch a little bit more. Of him, I think Henrique is twice. I want the them to be shooting. I want them to be shooting a little higher. Like I, I think I just don't want them to go into a situation where they are getting a guy who's like kind of bottom six ceiling and like i don't think they're gonna try him in the top six i don't think that really even increases them that much dude did donna or henrique henrique he had 42 points in 58 games last year i don't know what's 42 58 times 82 60 like point 60 pace point, 60 yeah. point year I don't you know, maybe. Watch, we'll see watching anaheim isn't fun it's it's terrible but you gotta you gotta force yourself he's a he's a fine like Right now, there's just not a lot of players that seem available. Um, That's the problem right now. Or yeah. like you like, can pick apart route. everyone right now. Horvat or uh, I don't Besser doesn't make sense, but maybe uh, St. Louis is kind of out of it. So like O'Reilly would be interesting. Taze maybe I don't know what the heck that would be with retention. Um, I mean, we have time to make the list. I don't think the Leafs have their list yet. I'm sure they're kind of in the same oh, sure spot we are. I'm sure they have their list. Well, we don't. They don't know who's going to be out of it, though, right? Like, Nino Niederreiter seems like a really good fit. Um, he's got this year and next, I believe, at four million. Stuff, I, I think that's what I remember. Um, yeah, you get a two way guy in him at least. He's a good player. He, like, yeah, he he's a really good player. By the, uh, that's what I think Henry could be. It's kind of similar to that, need a rider. Like a good five, like, because the Leafs don't need any help on the power play, right? Like, even if they get a Patrick Kane, it's like, what are you going to do on the power play? Taking Nylander off? Like, you need a guy who can score a four, five on five, no doubt. 
Like yeah, the, that's got to be their primary skill. Like, yeah, they hardly play the power, the second power play anyway. Um, you know, I think as it gets closer, it's going to get a lot easier in terms of who's actually going to be in the playoffs and who's not. Um, it doesn't look like like last year. One big issue was there was a huge divide between the t- the teams that were going to make the playoffs and the teams that weren't. So one, you know, there was a lot of options in terms of targets but the problem was that there was so much competition because you know even the wildcard teams they were in the playoffs for a while so they they wanted to to really go for it they had a chance of you know they felt like they had a chance of winning the cup so I don't think that's going to be the issue I think it's going to come down there's going to be a lot better playoff races this year so hopefully there's less competition but it also means that there's less options as well yeah St. Louis is really the team to watch I think with Tarasenko and O'Reilly as rentals because they're out of it. They're not playing well at all. Um, they still could get back into it, but right now they're, you know, they're only f- they're only four points up on Arizona, and Arizona has two games in hand. So a minus twenty three goal differential for St. Louis. Uh, their goaltender is leading the league in temper tantrums. So I think they're <laughs> they're a team to watch. Nashville's a team to watch with with a guy like Nita Ryder. Um, I like Henrique on the bad teams like. We'll see about Vancouver, I guess, because the, yeah. uh, Horvat's a rental too. Kuzmenkov yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to start. They're going to start losing games. Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver, not a good five-on-five team. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. With that division. Who knows? Yeah. Like, <laughs> who knows? I guess Columbus doesn't really have anyone that I, I'm really interested in. Philly's no. pretty weak. Um, oh, Washington's a team to watch. So we'll see with them. Like, I don't know. Mm, it could be just a bad start, but I mean, they're. Uh, I don't think they're gonna. They're a bit the of a mess right now. They're a bit yeah. of a mess right now. Tough division too. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna make it. Just the other teams are better, but we'll see. Kemper could go on a run, and you know, if he's posting nine thirty or nine twenty five or something, then I'm sure they'll make it. But I wouldn't bet on them. I don't know about Detroit. Um, if like a Verana type would be available, but they could use a guy like. Because Kerfoot's off the books coming up, and you could use a guy to kind of replace him, like someone who's in the $4 million range and actually can produce offense, unlike what Kerfoot's doing right now. Um, so that'll be interesting. But Yeah, I, I mean, they have Cal Yarncrow. I think that that's the plan. Arizona, nothing really there. Unless you want a uh, 27-year-old UFA at the end of the year named Nick Ritchie oh. to add some... Uh, to add some scoring and some some testosterone up there. Now, I'm gonna throw a deal at you here. If 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 Nick, if Richie was available, would you be willing to move a guy like Nylander? Is that something you're? <laughs> maybe if it was in a draft, not now though. Yeah, maybe if like it's too bad they don't have like a Montour on the back end because like a a Richie Montour for Nylander trade would make a lot of sense. Yeah. That would be a that'd be another one, but um, I guess the the last thing is just the Marlies. I mean, they've been playing really well. Um, how have you felt about just? I mean, the 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 Marlies that have come up, I think have done a really good job, and then the team in general, despite all the Leafs injuries, has been winning a ton of games. Like they're still at the the top of the division. They had uh, last night they or yesterday, sorry they they blew a lead. But I think it was Friday night. They played so many games in the last week. I think it's been like three three games and four nights. Um, who has stuck out for you, like other than Holmberg, other than you know the guys that have kind of been called up? I guess who who's really stuck out to you so far um, this year? It's been a cool I, team. Yeah, I guess the first and foremost they've gotten pretty good goaltending. Um, Joseph Walls came back from injury and is, is off to a great start. He's three zero. Uh, Shalgren and Petruzzilli doesn't really show up in their save percentage, but they've both been been pretty steady. Um, so similar to the Leafs, they've, they've gotten good goaltending. Um, the forward depth has been very strong. Uh, Logan Shaw is he's on AHL deal, but he's he just got named captain. He's at twenty eight points in twenty four games. He's kind of be kind of like the Chris Mueller type from the Calder Cup run. Like probably won't play NHL again, but um, really good at the AHL level. Um, and then. Their, their power play has been awesome. So uh Dur- is really good in transition. Um, like, like he's almost like Nylander of the AHL with his ability to get entries. Um, getting a ton of assists, shooting the puck a lot more. Uh, Joey Anderson, who just got the call, has been really good on the power play as well. 
Uh, Alex Steves is, is at about a point per game. He's a faster player. Um, Gadette's been really good. Abruzizi is not really the points you like, but he, he, he's really skilled. Like He makes some really impressive plays. Bobby McMahon's back now. Playing DC is a guy that played NHL. So they're really deep up front, which I think is, is the strength of the team. Uh, the defense has been very... Uh, mismatch i would say a lot a lot of i mean obviously they've been hurt just from because the leafs the amount of the leafs yeah the yeah, leafs injuries so. have really hurt the 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 d um mette I, I don't hollowell crawl uh, yeah. was hurt for the marlies that's why he wasn't up um and he's hurt again actually so coconut's been pretty good I've, I've actually liked his game like he's had increased minutes because of all of it um i liked his game and i know over the years i've been kind of up and down on him yeah, I don't know I, if he's ever going to be like, you know, I'm just saying in terms of an AHL player, I think he's been fine. He, I think he, I was pretty low on him to start the year. He's, he's playing a little bit better as of late where I'm kind of watching him a bit closer. But uh, to me, I, I really like Marshall or I, I tweeted about mm-hmm. him quite a t- I think he's the TJ Brody of the AHL. Uh, I actually think he could play NHL minutes right now and, and not look out of place. Like I, I wouldn't be opposed to bring, he's not on an NHL contract, but I think he'll get one. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him up instead of like a Philip Kral or a Mete, for example. Um, he's 24, so he's on the older end for a prospect, but he is an AHL rookie. Uh, he went to Harvard. Um, I think he could be kind of a low-key Justin Hall type uh, down the line, where maybe he makes his debut at like 26, and and but because of his defensive play, has some upside. He's kind of boomer bust because with defensive defensemen, it's like could be nothing. Like he could be a drag, or you could be good enough defensively where you're matching up against decent competition. But he's got he's a good neutral zone defender. He's, he's fairly big. He's good in front of the net in terms of defense. He's not the best puck mover, but I really like him defensively, and he's just a rookie, so we'll see what he, he does. The points aren't going to be there, so don't, don't even look at the points. But uh, I really like him defensively. I find Steves is a little bit weak uh, in puck battles. Like He's, he's kind of got the Kapanen thing going on where he's fast but once he has it in the offensive zone you're not like overly you know you're not like on the edge of your seat i guess um sda has been great i think that's why he got called up i didn't think he was good with the leafs in that one game but we'll see like at his size he really has to do well like he really has to impress uh mcmahon someone who could get called up too if you like if like aston reese got hurt uh, he's been good, but he's only played eight games, so it's a little bit early. Um, not the best transition player, but he's he's kind of pretty well rounded. He's a bit he's a bit bigger. Um, Gadet's been scoring like crazy, but he kind of has his his warts at the NHL level. So I think Anderson was the right call up. Um, I yeah. don't know. I, I like Villeneuve as well for his like he really sees the ice well. He's he's fairly strong. He's not the best skater, but other than that, he's pretty well rounded. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Like it's. Unfortunately, I don't know if they have like a grade A prospect like they used to. Like we had Lilligren forever there. We had Sandine forever. Then we had Nick Robertson forever. Um, it's not like they have a Matt Nyes, Nyes down there, um, but still, like I, I think someone's gonna impress and, and stand out and, and end up being a fairly good player. Well, I, I think with this team, yeah, I think with this team, they just have a, a ton of you know maybe like C ish level prospects, and it's cool to see them just evolve. Like I think SDA. Just his play in transition, um, just his command over the puck, even the offensive zone, which has always kind of been a strength. But at the AHL level, I think he's just been really, really, really good this year. Um, obviously, the size is still a, a deficit. One guy you didn't talk about was Mikhail Abramov. I think he's been pretty good. The goal scoring hasn't been there, but um, I've definitely seen you know a little bit more, definitely been more noticeable with the Marlies than 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 last year. Uh, Bobby McMahon just seems like seems like he's on the score sheet, like especially lately, uh, a lot more, and that's kind of when you notice him. Um, Godet just can't stop scoring. I'm trying to think of where you you know obviously Logan Shaw just got uh, named the the captain of the Marlies. Uh, to me, he's probably just their their best overall player, but obviously just not a guy that I don't think they're gonna call up unless they really need to, considering he's the captain, considering where he is in his career, but. He's not Marley's, on an NHL contract either. He's on well, NHL. that yeah, that that could make it. Uh, that makes sense too. I mean, I just think this this year it's cool to have you know guys like SDA, uh, Abrazizi, Abramov, Villeneuve, Hollowell on the team where you know they've drafted these guys in the last three four years where 
I don't know, in the last two years, they really haven't had many of these guys. Like, it's really been this group of, they haven't really had, like, that, their draft guys on the team. It's been a lot of signings, a lot of trade traded guys. So, you know, next year, they're going to get Hervinen and, and Nimala most likely. We'll see what happens with Nyes. So, I think so far, so good. I think as, as they continue to get, the Leafs get more healthy, I think the Marlies are going to get even better because... Uh, they're first in the division right now. They're, they're playing some good hockey, but I think they can definitely use some more depth. But um, they've been a fun watch. I think they've been definitely the most fun they've been in a couple of years, which is nice to see. Yeah, I was trying to think of like who the best prospect on the team was, and it might be Villeneuve. Right now? Yeah. Mm, um, that's currently on the Marlies? I, I, uh, I don't know. Like, Abrazizi's good. He's just a little older. Um, I, don't I mean, if you uh, if it's Holmberg, probably I guess, but well, Holmberg doesn't uh, count. Mm-mm. I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, I think it honestly might be uh, Rafai. Like, uh, he's I like Rafai. We'll see what he does. He's got a lot of boomer bust potential. I think Villeneuve's got some potential as well. When you're a right shot defenseman like Villeneuve, often like the depth chart in front of you isn't always that strong so i'm kind of interested to see how he does i wouldn't say he's close to nhl ready but um you know he's starting to play better but they don't really have a a great prospect he is a lot like hall i I think he's just a little bit more mobile left and right but he's in in terms of just like hall kind of jumped out of nowhere like when he was on the marlies back then you're talking about refi or villeneuve no refi definitely refi yeah i mean um like hall back then you know, he, he kind of just came out of nowhere and then started playing big minutes. And then, you know, in their championship year, he was one of their best D. Um, and then kind of came up and was was really good. So I I don't have strong opinions about Rafai. I thought he was pretty good in the preseason. Um, I think he was definitely noticeable. And I think he played in the Prospects tournament, did he not? Yeah, yeah. He's... Yeah, and I thought he was noticeable there, like especially his, his skating. So, um He's he's been one of their bigger staples on the Marlies. Just on, you know, Villeneuve's only played sixteen games, and um, Hollowell's been up and down. So I think Rafai's kind of been one of the bigger staples on the team. Kokinen only eleven games. So um, yeah, I think as the year goes on, we'll see how he does. I don't know if I'm I'm ready to say he's he's their best prospect, but um, I think with defensive defenseman you kind of need a, a really big sample because obviously you, you don't have the the high-end skill on the offensive zone to just remember from them yeah i mean they don't really have a a, a plus prospect on the marlies right now so it is up for debate i think you could kind of argue in like eight different ways because mm-hmm. you know i don't think anyone is even like a lock to have a long nhl career but um you can kind of argue for one guy or the other so it's kind of interesting hopefully they keep playing well uh, hopefully the Leafs keep playing well. Um, but in in terms of, I guess, before we get out of here, Nick, uh, we typically end with how many points you need them to get in the next week. We are going to record next weekend. Let's commit to that now. Yeah. It's, it's been way too little we've been recording. So they play the Ducks on Tuesday at home, and then they, they go on a bit of a road trip. Uh, they got the Rangers on Thursday, the Capitals on Saturday. How many points for you to be happy? So that was four games? Three games. Three games. Three so games. Ducks, Rangers, Caps. Let's go four. I mean, they've uh, maybe... Actually, I should have put this into the universe, but they're probably due for a regulation loss. So, you know, just in time for the uh, the last place Anaheim Ducks on Tuesday. They, uh, <laughs> they love losing those games. Oh, you're going to see Henrik. Henrik's going to have <laughs> That is very true. So we'll go for a Henrik Hattrick. Uh, and then... Um, we can start. I can start uh, putting out the articles or, or the tweets as if it's my idea. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Klingberg's back, but watch Klingberg because I do not like Klingberg. He's a rental. Uh, yeah, he is playing. So I think Klingberg's like Tyson Berry. Um, and then the other guy to watch is Kulikov because he's a rental. He'll be pretty cheap. He'd be kind of no, like this a, is the this is the Adam Hendricks game. You gotta keep on uh, Kulikov <laughs> though. He might be the next uh, Ilya Labushkin, but. Issue's going to be when he plays over like Lilligren, then we'll be pissed. But yeah, um, yeah, Henry. I think it's Henrik Zegers Terry from the games I've seen. Um, that's their top line. So that line is pretty fun. And then after that, it is less fun um, if you are a Ducks fan. 
Um, maybe Stolarz will play. I was talking about him this offseason. That one's not aging well. Or Gibson, who a lot of people wanted this offseason. So, yeah, yeah fun. This is, the, this is the Adam Henry game. Yeah, we. I'm going to be right on him. And then uh, I'll be. Uh, I'm going to say four as well. I think they're, they do for a regulation loss. Uh, even three, it's like, can't really complain too much right now based on all the points they have. But let's go with four. So, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see everyone next week. 